0: Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller for My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Um, Today, my special guest is Benson Shum. Benson Shum is a children's book author and illustrator. His newest book, Anju and the, the Great Kaiju uh, received a star review from the School Library Journal and was selected for the Kids Indie Next list for January, February of 2022 by the American Booksellers Association. Alex's Good Fortune was also selected for the Dolly Parton's Imagination Library for 2022. Benson is also an animator at the Walt Disney Animation Studios, where he's been part of such films as Frozen, Big Hero 6, and Zootopia. Hi, Benson, how are you doing today?
1: I'm well, thanks. How are you, Nancy?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. And I have to be a little bit of a fan here. Um, (laughs) As an art teacher, I teach a summer art camp for high school students. And for those who are listening, um, Benson's work in animation is also very prolific. As I mentioned, some of those animated um, films that he's been part of, but you were in a interview for character designers and um, you were the last person in the, uh, the just amazing list of character designers for Walt Disney. And um, it was five years ago, or at least it was posted five years ago on Mo MoGraphics. Um, YouTube channel. And I've been showing that to my high school students. Um, Yeah, I I, I showed it like every week and I showed it to the parents and I said, can you just imagine this work? How could it get any more appealing? Um, Every time I showed it, I was like, (laughs) is so, so amazing. And it's such uh, rich characters and these stories that you guys tell. So thank you so much for being a guest today.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure,
0: but, um, I know you're, um, you probably have done numerous interviews. Actually, I did listen to some of them. (laughs) I know you've done, but, and you've probably given the story, but for those who are listening, um, can you go into a little bit about what got you interested in animation, um, and also then into the world of children's book publishing?
1: Um, yeah, sure. So, it's probably all the inter- interviews are probably just a little different because I'm just never <laughs> scripted. <laughs> so it comes to my mind. But um, yeah. So I I've always wanted to to work in art, um, and uh, animation. Kind of like I think one time I was looking at schools, and I saw a program on TV on, on the local station about an animation school locally in Vancouver. I'm from Vancouver, BC, in Canada, and. I said, oh, I want to do that. And I know I've always loved animation, but I didn't really know like what kind of, how do you even get into it and how that's done. So I applied to that school. Um, I didn't get in. It's based on a portfolio. So I actually, to my parents' dismay, I actually didn't go to, didn't go to college right after high school. So <laughs> I'm sure they were a little bit scared. So I ended up just working, you know, working in the food industry for a year while I was actually working on my art. And I applied again the second year and I got in um, as I was working for portfolio. Portfolio. Um, so yes, I did it did for three years. Then I worked locally in, in Vancouver for a couple of years. Then I decided to go back to school to learn 3D. And um, so 3D animation was was kind of like a new thing. So I thought, oh, I should keep up with my skills. And I went to Sheridan in Ontario uh, to learn for a year to learn 3D animation. And from there I bounced back and forth, working between 2D animation and 3D animation. And eventually it landed me, I think like 10 years later, um, working in the street at Disney. And I've been there for about 10 years. Wow. And and from there, that's actually how I got into children's publishing was because they have a, a Walt Disney artist showcase program, which is a children's book series. So Pixar has the same thing and our studio has the same thing. And what it is, it was put together by Disney Hyperion together with, um, the representative of disney as well the directors and they kind of pick and choose which swords they want to um to kind of move forward with so i applied one year back in 20 i think it was during frozen time okay um i applied one year and and it was a few years like publishing is very slow i'm sure as you know so it's a very different process so i wasn't sure if this was happening and uh it wasn't until maybe two and two and a half years later that they said okay we want to make this So that's when I started working on it. So uh, it's it's an interesting and fascinating process in publishing, as you know. Wow. That's kind of how I got into publishing as well.
0: That's amazing. I was wondering, though, like, how does that compare to because um, animation from my limited knowledge, I took one animation class (laughs) in my grad school program. And boy, it's very collaborative. And then versus which is still collaborative as an illustrator author. But I was kind of wondering for you, um, what's satisfying? working the most satisfying part of working in animation versus what's the most satisfying thing that you get from writing and illustrating your own stories?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Um I think with animation is that it's pretty instant. Like you kind of know what is um like how the character like the audience can react right away kind of thing after you've animated it and you can see the emotions because everything is a movement. Um, and in publishing, it's like you work on it for a while and no one really kind of sees it except your editor and your art director until it's out in the world so it's a little kind of a delayed process um but i think they both are very gratifying in the sense that when you see a kid's reaction or even an adult's reaction to your book um it's the same feeling that when they get it you're like oh man that's, that's so awesome so yeah they're both they're both like um it's, i guess it's just different types of timelines you know when people view it yeah
0: wow that's fantastic and I I it just they become classics no matter what because like my students that I was teaching for high school um, summer camp we it's just so interesting whether it's children's books or animation that's like this thread that goes from generation to generation like the things that still resonate from like decades ago you're like you like that too and you're like a teenager like it's like that it's just really interesting you watch it we were talking about oh toy story and they were talking telling me about like oh yeah we watched the new toy story and then we were talking about like which one's your favorite one and what's your favorite character and it's like really interesting to relate to generationally because it's like such a huge age gap for me and my students and it's yeah it's fascinating to me like it's like that common thread and yeah. that um, culture that we just yeah we find um so yeah just delightful and entertaining to uh watch or read
1: yeah cuz I, I think i agree like i think that because the stories are also universal and they they kind of span not just ages you know and t- and time because know if it's a good story regardless of you know how old we are or how young we are we're still gonna understand it and relate to it and i think that's probably why they kind of stand the test of time
0: so i was curious like for your stories and um because you also illustrate for other people as well but the ones that you are writing and you're illustrating yourself i was kind of curious like how do you work through that process of getting that out to send to your agent or your editors that you work with like when it's something that's coming from you um all the way so i was curious like how do you work through that
1: um you mean like kind of how how i kind of like come up with the ideas or more yeah okay um i think so there's two different methods that i that happens and i don't really dictate which which way it goes sometimes oh. if i'm illustrating a just a drawing for fun like personal stuff and I usually try to create a story within that one illustration. And sometimes once I'm finished, I'm like, oh, that was kind of fun. Maybe then I'll start to think of maybe there was a story that I can elaborate from there. And then I'll start to to write a story based on that painting or that drawing. Um, That'll be one way I would kind of go about sometimes. And then other times I just have an idea that, oh, this would be kind of a interesting thing that I just saw say when I'm out and about on the streets and walking or see somebody doing something. And that would just start to write an idea and i won't actually have a design or drawing in my like on paper i might have an idea in my mind but nothing really fleshed out and i start with the story first so sometimes Mm -hmm. it starts with a story and then sometimes it starts with with an image um and then from there i just flesh it out and for me i tend to like create the whole story first um before i kind of like um send it off to kind of show uh show my agent because i kind of want to make sure that what I'm what I'm presenting is something that is um, clear. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so that way, there's no misinterpretation.
0: Oh, cool. So can I ask with your, um, your story, um, Anzu uh, the Great Kaiju, is that how that started? You had the story already kind of, or did you have that image of the characters first?
1: Yeah, so so for the degree kaiju, um, that one actually came from a story first. It was an idea, oh. and yeah, and then and then I would like probably do a little sketch here and there, but I wouldn't really work on it too much. I'll kind of flesh out the um the story first, and then I start to go into the drawing side
0: oh okay cool because i it always fascinates me like i've talked to all these author illustrators and everybody's so different with their process <laughs> yeah. it's almost like it's just basically what works for you <laughs> it's like
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah every story is different too
0: yeah that's so true and um yeah and it's fascinating me how people just think through creative because it's just creative problem solving and like how um because I'll always go like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Maybe I could use that idea.
1: Mm. And then sometimes I find like, you know, in the process of writing, like,
0: yeah.
1: for example, I'll, I'll be writing in the middle of a story and I can't seem to figure out the text for it or the words for it. Then I would just start to maybe skip that a bit and maybe I'll do some drawings. And sometimes the mm-hmm. drawings might, might actually alleviate the text. Like maybe I don't need that. Maybe the drawing could tell the uh-huh. story. So sometimes that happens when I start to like dummy out the whole book. sketch form and then I'll put the text in there and sometimes the illustration does all the speaking and you may not need the text or sometimes you might need to add the text to explain what's happening in the imagery so it's a lot of back and forth once you get into the drawing side of things at least for me that's what I find.
0: Oh cool and I was going back to the high school students because I forgot to ask this question about um, so many of my students have um, been influenced by the work that you've done. I mean, they were literally like, <laughs> it's so funny because they're really like, oh, yeah, that they mentioned that animated film or that animated film, like, and they so would love to work in that industry. Um, could you share some advice, like what they would want to, if they, you know, if you recommend things that they could start doing in high school or Doing, you know, after high school, like what are some options or things that might help them go down that pathway to working in animation?
1: Um, yeah. So, so animation is quite a big um, industry. So, it depends. I would say, like, kind of like try out and see which part of animation are you interested in. So, are you interested in more on the technology side, you know, the computer, um, like, programming side, or would it be more the actual animation, the movement of the characters? Or maybe as texturing, like environment, drawing environments. Um, I would say drawing is probably a really big thing if you're into the creative side of animation, um, because even though we do a lot of stuff in three D, um, a lot of the work is still done by hand by drawing. And I think by drawing, it also kind of um, it, it kind of teaches your eye to, or teaches you to observe, observe things around you, right? And um, and being an animator, to observe what's around you and replicate that on paper I think that's a that's a big thing because it makes your work stand out and more specific and will make you stand out as far as even when you're applying for jobs as well and more interesting too
0: that's great advice um because I heard in another interview you did you mentioned having that just drawing from life and that how that it really helps um get those specifics like I always that maybe a little nagging art teacher (laughs) so (laughs) my students like can you try drawing from life like it really helps like for me like i improved i saw leaps in my own drawing abilities um based on those recommendations from people like yourself like everybody says draw from life and it really does help you understand how things work spatially versus always working from a photograph, which I know sometimes it's been hard, especially with the pandemic. It's like yeah, yeah. kind of relying on photography. But yeah, there's so much that you get from um drawing in life.
1: And also I think like drawing from life sometimes you might not want to do it by yourself, you know, because you'd be like, oh I'm kind of bored. I don't want to do it. You know, but if you're doing with some friends, have some friends together, you know, go grab a coffee and just draw people in the cafe. Or when you have a bunch of people together and you can actually chat and draw at the same time, it actually makes it less like work. And makes it more fun as well. So that might kind of that might help <laughs>
0: that, that sounds less nagging. So I'll tell them I'll recommend. Vincent uh, <laughs> Chum says, go hang out with some friends and get yourself together and draw, yeah, is, which is it is a yeah. lot of fun doing that. I agree. So um thank you for sharing, sharing that. And I wanted to ask you, like, how any advice for that? Because it was kind of interesting in the interview that I shared with the students. Um Uh, a lot of times appeal comes up in in character design and I think you have it down very like it's like uh I don't know lightning in a bottle it seems like you have that appeal down and I was like any advice like I just go like he must have this massive visual library of what makes things appeal or like what did you do like what did to really hone in on that because whether it's children's books or animation um they're just really appealing
1: Thank you, thank you. um appealing, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a hard thing because everybody finds what appealing is differently. if that makes sense. Um, um, but for me, I think in animation what I learned was that clarity is a big thing. So, um, if you're posing a character, make sure that you know you because in animation, everything's moving so quickly. So, you have that one second to kind of like showcase what is that emotion what are you trying to say so i try to do that in my posing what i'm doing in books as well because even though you can stare at the page for a while mm-hmm. um you still want to be able to get the emotion across so um appealing is not just in the drawing i think it's in the emotion of the character or whatever it is that you're trying to convey um because if you can tap into the emotion of the imagery it'll be automatically be appealing, whether that is like mm-hmm. something that's scary or something that is um, like really beautiful, or do you, do you know what I mean? You want to tap into yeah. that emotion and that emotion equates to a, uh, appeal. Um, and also expression, right? You want to make sure that the character is clear in its expression. And that would automatically become more appealing because you can read into what the character is thinking. Does, uh, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. Cause I, um... I, you know, I'm always looking for different ways to explain to my students because everybody thinks through things differently mm-hmm. and then helping them understand like, well, this is one one of the things that helps us understand that that character is appealing. And like, definitely what you hit upon saying, like, it's different for I- every person. And then, but that idea of tapping into the emotion, that is, that is extremely helpful.
1: And I think also with appeal, like, you know, find things that you find appealing and just kind of draw them like you know you can just copy them and to practice mm-hmm. you know to see what is that artist doing that that you really like um and then inherently after a while you know when you start to do your own great creations you you probably adapt a bit of those sensibilities that you've been okay. practicing drawing um yeah so that's another way to do because i i remember I used to always, well I to do it once in a while, where I'll, I'll, I'll find a drawing that I really like and I'll just try to copy it. Like I wouldn't trace over it, I'll uh-huh. try to copy it just by looking. And it won't look, look exactly the same, but by the act of doing it, you are already sort of like learning a little bit of, of how they're, you know, um, how they're approaching it as well. So that's another technique that, that you could use.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that. And you've been able to manage having this animation career and this children's book career um, all at the same time. It's fascinating to me. You must be so, so busy. and I can't imagine um, trying to do all that heavy lifting of doing both like that. Um, is there any advice you have for those starting out, um say with children's book uh, books? How did you? You know, I know in your case, you had you mentioned the the kind of that running in-house um, contest for the Hyperion Disney. But say if somebody um, doesn't quite have that avenue and they want to get into children's book writing and illustrating, is there anything that you've seen that kind of has been helpful for people to get their work out there? um
1: yeah i think i think um joining an organization i think you're familiar with scbwi right so i joined them and learned all about the publishing side because once when i was making my book Mm -hmm. through the disney avenue Mm -hmm. i actually knew nothing about publishing so i felt like i made that book in a bubble and after i made that book then i went and learned and researched about the scbwi organization um i think joining that is great um I think as far as the the creative side of things reading is a is a big thing and i noticed that when i read a lot of like whatever genre you're interested in read a lot of that and that actually helped you improve um and like at least prove in your like what is publishers looking for and also improve in your writing as well because what is being written now is very different than what's been written 15 years ago um and also being exposed to the different types of art Publishing, I think that's one thing really great about publishing is that, in an animation, everything starts to feel the same, roughly, you know, design-wise and story-wise. But I feel like books is, it's open wide, which is which is amazing, you know. There's not one way to tell a story, you know. There's always a structure, but there's so many different types of stories out there and different perspectives that we don't really necessarily get in film or or TV. um So I think that's why. I know, that's a, I'm kind of going off topic. <laughs> oh no it's okay i find it um,
0: fascinating
1: <laughs> yeah that's why i think like publishing is it's amazing in that aspect um there's i feel like more opportunities to tell your own stories um and as far as getting getting into i think yeah i reading and meeting people in the community you know like how you know nancy you and i got introduced was through kimwa right mm-hmm. and i met kimwa i don't know if she told you we met at a a book event at my book event oh. at Romans, and then we just kind of kept in contact and and it's so fascinating to see her journey into publishing. So yeah. She's so and I think nice. community is a big thing. Meeting other people that are interested in the same things.
0: Yeah. And and the people in the in the community are so nice. Like as you mm-hmm. she's so nice. I was like, I think um I oh yeah, the reason why I met actually through Twitter (laughs) (laughs) it was in through email it's so funny because it's like I feel like I I, and I met her via Zoom but I've never met her in person she's so nice and the reason why I met her is because um, when I got an offer for an agent as I was looking to talk to other illustrators who were represented by the agency she was one of the ones that replied back to me and she was so nice and she just offered some you know free advice like she didn't necessarily you know she didn't even know me it was just a just you know e- reaching out through her website and um after that we just kind of kept chatting back and forth and everything and then i um interviewed her and i was like wow such an amazing um journey she's had um mm-hmm. to be a published author and illustrator so i just was like yeah so wonderful community of people
1: yes definitely yeah um I think, I think that's one one really nice thing about animation and also publishing is that the people are very generous with their time and just really kind people, you know, especially because we do work in the kid-lit realm, you know, that um we all tend to be more empathetic as well, right? Having to work in this industry. So
0: yes, that's very true. And I was wondering, because you wear so many hats as author illustrator and uh, animator do you have any advice for I don't even know if there's really work-life balance but I always (laughs) try to ask for uh, what helps people kind of manage those things because I felt like um, I don't I don't know it's just really hard to stop working sometimes and make sure that you're doing things that are healthy like getting out and talking to friends is is there um, any advice you would give to um creatives to help them somehow manage it or
1: yeah it's it's a hard one right like worth mm-hmm. life balance you know especially when when you're when you have two jobs you know like yourself you know teaching and also making books um it's i i think it's kind of giving yourself boundaries like mm-hmm. parameters of of um like the, the life side of things you know so uh, i tried to you know not always successful but like. I try to have like at least a day, a day to not do that, to not work, um, because you know I work nine to five for, for my Disney work, um, and the books I have to do it after hours, and if I have a deadline coming up, then I might work late in the, into those after hours and maybe on the weekends. Um, but because you know publishing sometimes you have a lot of work at the beginning, and then be, you know once you submit it, you know you're waiting for notes, so then there's a bit of a lull. Um, which kind of works out because it gives you time to to kind of like breathe and 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 have that the life side of balance. Um, uh, but yeah, sometimes it's hard, especially when you have two deadlines coming up at the same time, you know, whether this is my day job stuff and also my publishing stuff. And that's when it gets a bit stressful. Um, but I do just hope that it doesn't you know go on for too long, you know, mm. one of them kind of ends earlier or at least finishes a little earlier, and then I can have that bit of a balance. But I think also um, setting goals. I think yeah. like small goals is very helpful for myself. Like every day I usually have a list of stuff I want to accomplish. Uh, whether that's Disney stuff or my book stuff, I'll be like, and they're not like, because I, oh, I want to finish this whole spread by tomorrow or by by end of the week. It'll, it'll be small goals like, okay, I want to, let's say if it's um, the publishing side, i will be like, okay, well, I want to um, try to write like maybe like a few lines on this page or or something like that you know it's like very small goals i think the idea is to kind of accomplish those goals and if you finish if you do more then you feel better about yourself because because you know it's a long haul right so in animation as well like it's it's never really finished so you want to make goals that you can finish and that way it kind of keeps you going so by the end of the week you know in the long scheme of things it might not have accomplished a whole lot but those little goals will actually help you take you to the finish line um at least that's how, how i kind of approach it
0: well that's great advice i feel like any little bit you get done because there are some days i go like i really think i just replied to some emails <laughs> and i think yeah. that's all i got done and i'm just like i've started giving myself a little bit of grace and understanding well you know we all work at different paces. Um, I I feel like one of the things that I I really do enjoy social media because of the connections that you make with other people in the community but at the same time it's there's always that little part I go like oh I gotta not compare how how fast (laughs) because it always blows my mind how fast people work and I'm very like very traditional in what I do and I go like oh, this, is, this would take me a while. This is not going to, you know, so, but yeah, that's great advice to write things down and just to kind of look at what you've done over the course of a day and just like, mm-hmm. Hey, got a lot. Yeah. Done and plus I think
1: what, you know, even if your craft takes a little longer, you know, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's, it makes you more unique as well. And, you know, that's unique to how you work. Right. And, you know, it is hard to not compare yourself because there's always so many people around us that are amazing. And, but at the same time it's like you doing what you do and is just as important and fast doesn't mean it's good right like you know, do you know what i mean like yeah. fast just means they're fast at it but if if i were to work that way and for me it wouldn't work if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah. you know so yeah it's 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 like you said it's good to remind yourself that to try not to compare yourself to others because that inherently that doesn't really help us either yeah,
0: that's true. I was wondering if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice to your younger self um, about this art journey that you've had. Um, what would it be?
1: Uh, um, I think I would say I wish I, I wish I kind of you know even though I draw a lot now I wish mm-hmm. I continued drawing because um, I did stop for a while. Um, I think once I started, like I was drawing a lot as a kid, and then as I started to get older, I just stopped drawing. Uh, I'm not sure why, um, and it wasn't until after I decided to go back to school, like pretty much after high school and when I was going to college, then I started to draw again. Um, I don't know, maybe it was just that part of like growing up where it was like, oh, this is not something you should do, and, and I just kind of stopped, so I kind of wished I continued that um i wish that i like first of all i don't regret any of the steps that i've taken throughout my my journey because i think kind of led me to where i am um uh, but also i think also try new things as well things that i would um that i wouldn't have done like this is really stupid but, (laughs) but like for example like my sister she is like totally into mechanics like my dad and stuff like that right Mm. and i wonder if i ever like i wasn't never really into cars i knew nothing about cars um but my sister was into it and that's what my dad did and i wonder if i took those courses in high school or something like that even though i knew nothing and i was scared of it um how would that change how like how would it change me as as a grown-up about how i feel about mechanics and cars like would that have influenced me on my stories as well you know like i know like just trying new things and it may not be for you, but at least experiencing it can kind of um I think it also makes you tell interesting stories as well, right? Um, getting a new perspective on things. So it makes sense. I sometimes feel like I'm going off tangent.
0: No, no, it does. <laughs> I I have a high school son and I'm he's like it's so funny because like you forget what it was like being at that age everything seems so like big decisions like these are the decisions you will be making that will affect the rest of your life but i i gave my son some advice because he was like stressing so hard about this i was like um just maybe just try it like i'm not asking you to pick a career like you're only you're a teenager you're gonna you're gonna go through different periods that your brain's still developing you don't even know Mm -hmm. like i go like just try it see if you like it because at the end of the day even if you didn't like it it's like that check mark off of saying hey i didn't like it and it helps you reaffirm like the direction you probably should go in i guess yeah
1: yeah totally yeah totally because um yeah if you don't try you never know and you may like it you know sometimes you try something
0: So, But thank you so much for all of your uh, sharing your experience and expertise. I am so excited (laughs) to share this with my uh, students when I teach um, high school again next summer. Um, And I can be like, hey, did you see in that video the the (laughs) animator that I would just listen to? Go listen to the podcast. So um, I think it's going to be a great teaching tool. I think I really appreciate you sharing um, your journey, your positivity uh, about how you've accomplished everything you've done uh, with your books and your animation work. Um, Oh, and by the way, because this is a podcast and they can't see the work. Where can people um, see your work online?
1: Um, Yeah, thank you. Um, So you can find my work on my website at... um, um and I'm also on uh, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Um, it is at bshum79, also b s h u m seven nine. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of where you can find my my stuff.
0: Oh, wonderful! Well, everybody, please um, check out his work and his books. They're they're fantastic. Um, and thank, thank you. you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate it. It's happy to be here.
0: All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Bye.